Hello, this is Reverend Mary Ellen Swartz, and I'm an ordained unity minister, and it is my pleasure to share with you uh, this podcast on, on uh, the aphorisms of Jesus. Um, as far as we know, Jesus left no written documents with his wisdom teachings, but we do have some of his teachings that were given through stories and parables and things that people remembered, and then later these became a part of Scripture. As most people know, uh, a parable is um, a story that has parallel stories in it. In other words, many levels of stories, many stories, as it were, within one story. There's another way that Jesus taught, and that's through aphorism. And um, this is kind of like a uh, one-liner. It's a, it's a provocative uh, statement, short statement, that also really has um, an impact. And I kind of think about um, the way Jesus uh, gave these teachings was kind of like a spiritual jujitsu. And what I mean is that in martial arts, um, it's a learn. It is about learning to face an opponent and use one's energy differently. And so I kind of think that the spiritual jujitsu that Jesus taught is a, a, a different way of approaching life's situations. And the approach is about empowering us, not about overpowering someone else. So it's about empowering rather than overpowering. And so to me, his bottom line seems to be learn to respond differently so that you can have a different outcome. In other words, when we stop responding in the way we normally would uh, and we make a different choice, we are consciously responding from our inner power, not from our fear. So we've had two uh, parts to this series, series um, and uh, they covered uh, do not resist evil, turn the other cheek, when you're required to give your shirt, give your robe also, when commanded to go a mile, choose to go the second mile, love your enemies, not just your friends, judge not that you be not judged, with what measure you measure, it's measured to you, and then let the dead bury the dead. Today, I want to consider three more of Jesus' aphorisms. And these are found in the Gospel of Matthew. Be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. I came not to send peace but sword. And render unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. So, look at the first one. Be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Apparently, this short teaching uh, is part of the instruction that Jesus gave to his disciples uh, who were going to go forth and spread his teachings. As you go, say to the kingdom, say the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, Cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give. 
Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. The vocations and backgrounds of the disciples and apostles were totally different than what they were being asked to do at this point uh, by Jesus. They probably didn't have the theological training that many of those they were going to be confronting had. Uh, it was highly likely that those who had that theological training would try to trick and deceive the apostles. Well, they certainly did Jesus, we know. And so in a sense, they were going forth as innocents, Jesus is saying. And so he shared something very important for them to remember. Maybe it was something he learned um, in, in his uh, experience, dealing with the Pharisees and those who accused him of being a glutton, a wine-bibber, and hanging out with those other people. So Jesus used this simile or figure of speech to underline the importance of being both shrewd and harmless, tough-minded and tender-hearted having wisdom and innocence, but having them balanced. So, a serpent and a dove. Let's look about what these represent. A serpent represents our intellect and knowledge. Why the symbol of the serpent? Perhaps because the serpent, or a reptile, uh, when they perceive danger, their defense is to escape. They aren't normally aggressive. Now, when they do bite, it's in self-defense. But they're not known for being harmless, particularly. They can defend themselves. Now, a dove. A dove represents intuition. Why the symbol of the dove? Maybe because a, a dove has a calm temperament, a sweet disposition. A dove is harmless. It's often used as a symbol of peace, isn't it? The serpent, then, represents outer wisdom, knowledge of what's going on in the outer. The dove would represent awareness of what's going on in the inner, inner peace. Metaphysically, the serpent and dove stand for intellect and intuition, thinking and feeling. As an aside, in the 8th chapter of Genesis, there's the story of Noah and the flood. And that's when a dove is first mentioned in scripture. After the waters receded, a dove was sent out. And the first time when it returned, uh, it didn't find a place to land, so it came back. But, and this is the interesting part, next time it was sent, it came back with an olive branch, which meant land is near. And so this could be an important reminder to us. Don't give up. Stay on the lookout for signs that land or your answer is near. You're closer to your goal than you realize. Just don't give up. Charles Fillmore, co-founder of Unity, uh, says in his writings that many times people give up just seconds before their demonstration. 
and so they have to start again and and work their way up there again so don't give up realize you are closer to your goal than you realize the second aphorism is I didn't come to bring peace but a sword uh, and according to uh, Gospel of Matthew portion of chapter 10 reads think not that I have come to send peace on earth I came not to send or bring peace but a sword and it goes on to say a man's enemies will be the members of his own household well these statements are very confusing to say the least and the statement about not bringing peace but a sword is controversial especially because Jesus is seen by many to be the Prince of Peace that's referred to in the book of Isaiah. Some want to interpret the scripture to mean that it's proof that Jesus is advocating violence or that Jesus is saying to literally turn against your family. Well, it is a fact that sometimes our spiritual growth seems to take us in a different direction than our family um, or we have a different priority than a, a loved one has but it doesn't mean we hate them it just means we're on a different path and we have to let that be okay in this statement about bringing a sword it's important to understand the symbology of the word sword metaphorically when we speak of a sword being two-edged we mean it cuts both ways it, it brings about a division in whatever it's used on so apparently when Jesus made this statement about not coming to send peace but a sword he was speaking to those who were going out to share his teachings after he left this dimension in effect he was saying be prepared for conflict between the old and the new there will be resistance from the established teachings or or those who approach uh, the law of Moses in a very literal way not taking in uh, the level of thought and feeling and, and how to apply it the way uh, Jesus was teaching so it sort of uh, divides as it were the old from the new quoting from the unity book your hope of glory by Elizabeth Sand Turner we should take into consideration there are two kinds of peace one is destructive the other is constructive peace at any price which means the surrender of one's highest beliefs to appease another is destructive Jesus did not advocate this sort of peace peace that results from our sense of oneness with God is constructive and Jesus referred to this when he said peace I leave with you my peace I give unto you not as the world gives the word sword is used symbolically truth is like a sword it cuts through old beliefs and states of mind that we no longer want to keep enemies of our own household is really symbolic of our own worst enemies which is our own thoughts in 1941 Charles Fillmore co-founder of unity gave a lesson about this and he said 
the eye that didn't come to send peace on earth but a sword is the eye that refers to the spiritual superman or superwoman. The eye refers to the Christ. He said the reference to relationships isn't about human relationships, although he pointed out that we don't deny human relationships, but we know that human relationships are always temporary in this in this uh, three-dimensional experience. It's about the one relationship that is eternal, that between our consciousness and our spiritual reality. He says this refers to our thoughts and the the thoughts that work at cross purposes with our spiritual relationship. And these are great reminders about something we all deal with all the time in consciousness. But there is an outer aspect of this because we may find when we practice being loving and inclusive, that can be controversial. It can put us with at odds with those who think differently. For example, if we don't say we agree with someone's phobia, regardless of the variety of phobia, their religion, their politics, whatever, they usually don't like it. And it can complicate relationships. So then we're faced with a choice about whether to stay true to ourselves or not. I'm reminded of a poem, anyway, it's called, by Mother Teresa. And it starts out, people are often unreasonable, illogical, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish, ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some false friends and some true enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and frank, people may cheat you. Be honest and frank anyway. What you spend years building, someone could destroy overnight. Build anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, they may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today, people will often forget tomorrow. Do good anyway. Give the world the best you have, and it may never be enough. Give the world the best you've got anyway. And I love this last part. You see, in the final analysis, it is between you and your God. It was never between you and them anyway. And isn't that so true? It's never between you and them. It's always between you and your God. What a great reminder. The third aphorism I wanted to bring today is, Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, and unto God that which is God's. Apparently, this was Jesus' reply to a tricky question from the Pharisees and the Herodians. Their question was, is it religiously unlawful to give tribute to Roman emperors who were worshipped as gods? So, here we have Jesus putting into practice, or showing the students, exactly how to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. He was showing how it works. So he said, bring me a denarius. And looking at it, he says, 
whose image is on this? Well, they said Caesar's. Then he said, Render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. Bottom line, the things that are Caesar's are transitory. They have transitory value. The things that are God's have eternal value. For the Jews, it was apparently seen as religiously unlawful to pay a head tax on behalf of the Roman emperor. Technically, it could be seen as idolatry. Showing allegiance to God was done through paying the tithe to the temple. So here it seems Jesus is pointing to the difference between what is eternally important and what has temporal importance. The things that are God's have a lasting value. The things of Caesar's or of this world have only transitory value or importance. If we think about how this might apply in our lives and we ask ourselves, what is God's? We could say, what is God's has to do with our spiritual resources, things of consciousness, things that involve the real and unchanging part of us, things that have to do with our inner life. This is what is of primary importance. And so what is of secondary importance, or in Jesus' word, that which is Caesar's, would be the things that have to do with our outer life. Things that come and go, things that can be lost, stolen, things that deteriorate, things which have only transitory importance. Now the thing is, both are important. The, the things of the outer world, the things of the inner world, they're both, both important because we live in both worlds. So Jesus not, is not advocating that we ignore either one, just that we realize the difference and keep our priorities straight. Jesus is teaching us to see things differently. In this incident, I hear him saying, you won't overcome something by ignoring it. Do whatever is required in the outer. Pay the tax. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. But your empowerment comes as you choose to give unto God what is God's. Your power comes as you practice freely giving, not like a tax that is, that is demanded of you, but your power comes by freely giving. On a personal note, um, on, when we write our checks, we put the initials TYG, thank you God, reminding ourselves that God is our source and, and, and is the supply and the supplier for this uh, symbolic giving through this check, uh, what it, buying, paying for services rendered or whatever. When we write checks for taxes, which we still do, we don't do ours by um, by electronic, we, we still like to write the checks. On the bottom, in small letters, I write 
This is for education and infrastructure. Now, that's just for me. I know there's no one at the IRS that's going to read that and make sure it goes for that. But it helps me uh, as I am paying Caesar, I am reminding myself that I want this used for education and infrastructure. And so bottom line is it helps me. And that's really what counts. So these are the three to bring to you today that a serpent represents intellect or outer knowledge. Um, a dove represents intuition, inner awareness. The sword represents spiritual truth. And Caesar, rendering unto Caesar, is remembering what has transitory value, rendering unto God that which has eternal value. So it's a matter of keeping the balance. We live in this experience, this three-dimensional world, but we also live in the larger spiritual experience. And so I think these are wonderful uh, short teachings that stay with us about being wise as serpents, harmless as doves, as knowing that it's not peace at any price, but a sword that cuts through the old and the new, and rendering unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. And so, what a blessing to know and to practice these truths. So, God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'll be back again with another one um, in a few days. So, bless your day, bless your week, bless your journey. Uh, all is well. You're safe and secure in the love of God. Bye for now.